Rhino, here we are, buddy. It is the final episode uh, before the All-Star break. This is our All-Star break edition. How you doing, big guy? I would have been a lot better if the Cubs could have ended the first half with a win. I feel like, Chad, there's three things we can count on in life. Death, taxes, and Yvonne Nova somehow finding a way to kill the Cubs. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But nonetheless, the Cubs find themselves at least in first place heading into the break. We have so much to talk about. We're going to be talking about what's happened, what's to come. We're going to talk about the highs, the lows. So much to cover after a very, let's just say, interesting 2019 first half. We also got Craig Mish from Fantasy Sports Radio. You don't want to miss that interview in our seventh inning stretch. The Friendly Confine starts right now. First inning now, and the Cubs have finished up the first half of the season as they head into the All-Star break with the All-Star game on Tuesday night. The team with a half-game lead in first in the NL Central as they are standing at 47-43. and 43. And as far as I'm concerned, mercifully, this first half of the season is over because for me, this team obviously has been underachieving for the first half of the year. Played great ball for a little bit, now just 22 and 28 in their last 50 games, Chad. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I got a lot of grief when I, I we, we did ratings, we, we, we graded them. And I said an A minus, and I'm going to pull back from that, and I'm going to give them a solid B. And the only reason I'm going to give them a solid B is we are – at the All-Star break, and this team is leading the division. I know they've not been as clean as, as we'd like it. They've not been as dominating as a team like like Houston or like L.A., but this is a team that is in the top three in OPS. This is a team that's in the top four in home runs. An average, if you look at you know batting statistics, the team is a top five team, um, but it is very feast or famine when it comes to uh, home runs, uh, getting them along the way. So here's the here's I, the issue that I have with this team. I feel like this team was built to win championships, and right now this team is not set up to win a championship. In my opinion, you have a team that has the third largest payroll in baseball right now. They are trailing the Dodgers when it comes to being the best team in the National League, and then the Atlanta Braves who are the 14th highest payroll, have such young talent. I mean, the Braves, in my opinion, Chad, are what the Cubs should be right now. A young team with great talent that now has an opportunity to win now, and yet we're not seeing that from the talent that should be going out there, especially when we're not seeing that on the road. I hear you. I hear you. And, and I just go back to say, what is the goal right now? Is the goal to win and, and, and to, to have 120 wins? Or is the goal to make the playoffs and win the division? And right now they're, they're making the playoffs and, and win the, they have a better pitching staff than Atlanta. And offensively, they're a better team than Atlanta, to use them as an example. I just think that um, we want to, to we, we want to run away with it like we did in, in 16 and sometimes that's just not possible. I, I Yeah, and I, I, I got to push back on you when you're talking about offensively, are they better than Atlanta? I, I don't think they are right now. I think Atlanta is better offensively with that team, with their young talent, with, you know, Acuna and, and you know, some of the other guys, Elbilis and all those guys that they have in the lineup. I mean, those guys are really, really good. And then the Dodgers, I think, are on a, on a different level right now. All right, so let's move on to the second inning as we talk about – the biggest hits. This is where we can talk about some of the positive things that we've seen from the Cubs. So, Chad, 
where do you stand with some of the positives that you've seen in the first half? There are two, and, and I'm cheating a little bit, but I'm going to choose two because because they are the, the, the thing that gives me the most hope for this team. Um, and and it's the, the breakout emergence of the Cubs starting shortstop and Javi Baez. He's, he's, he's claimed that position defensively, and from an offense perspective, he has picked up and he's actually exceeded the pace he was on last year. And I'll make it really brief. Jason Hayward, this guy is on pace to rekindle some of the magic that he had way back when he was with the Atlanta Braves. He is by far, if everything ended today offensively, he would uh, he would have his greatest year as a Cub. So so he's always a solid glove in the in the outfield. But seeing what he's been able to do offensively and how he's been able to step up, it's been it's been so overdue, long overdue. It's so welcome. I'm excited to see where Jason Hayward can get to. Hayward has played better, but again, I think I will always go back to this. He is what he is, and I'm not going to bemoan him because he wasn't the one that said, you know, you know, the Cubs were the ones that willingly gave him that contract. And, and, and I think the guys who earn that kind of contract are not the guys like Jason Hayward. From a defensive standpoint, he's phenomenal, and I, I, I think he's been nothing but amazing offensively, this is what he is, a 265, 270 hitter. He does have 14 home runs right now. He's on pace for potentially over 25 home runs this year, which is great. For me, Wilson Contreras has been the brightest spot on this team. Javi's been fantastic, but Wilson Contreras has shown the entire uh, you know, world of baseball that he is the best player in base, or excuse me, the best catcher in baseball. And I'm excited to see the upside at a position that we've talked about in the past that doesn't have a lot of offensive pop. Wilson, not only amazing defensively, he is so fantastic offensively as well. Yeah. And so, so durable as now, well. So the biggest misses right now, Chad, the things that unfortunately have not gone the Cubs way, where do you think that will be? Uh, I'm going to choose two on this one again, and only because I, I, it's, it's so glaring I have to. Uh, you know, the, the, the trading away Tommy Lestella, nobody saw what Tommy was going to be. Nobody realized he was going to be, you know, he, he's one of the best players in baseball, all-star, um, him and Trout are a, a murderer draw. Obviously, Tommy is, is hurt now, and he's going to be out for uh, several weeks with, with the bone break. Um, but, you know, the Daniel Descalso, uh, that was and has been an unmitigated disaster. Um, I don't think Daniel makes it through the end of this season. I think it's going to be a really easy thing to get rid of him um, and we, if Zobris does come back. So it's really the Daniel Descalso situation. And then the, the issue we've been talking about throughout the entire year, you know, you want to give Addison Russell enough reps either to prove himself and let him become the guy he was or give him a showcase so another team can see enough that they'll say, I'll give you something for it because right now we're probably going to get a bag of balls and, and some Cracker Jacks for him. Um, he, has been, um, he has been absolutely a distraction on this team, and uh, the second base position is just a black hole no matter who put, you put there. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on anything that you've said. I'm going to just take it to another direction as well because what you said is true, and to just harp on that, uh, there's other areas. For me, I'm going to go with the pitching. Uh, the bullpen, obviously, has not been anything that we thought it would be. We knew this was a weak spot going into the year, but, man, it has just continued to be a weak spot, whether it was Brad Brack or, you know, Pedro Strope or Mike Montgomery, Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, unfortunately, these guys have just continued to let down the team. Steve Ciszek has been the one guy who I feel like has been, you know, somewhat positive in the pen. 
Um, but, you know, thankfully they got Kimbrell, but even Kimbrell has, you know, gotten off to a little bit of a rocky start. So, uh, and, and then to go along with the starting rotation, uh, obviously Quintana's bounced back nicely, but was roughed up a little bit, but we are going to continue to talk about Hugh Darvish. I mean, obviously people are just looking for glimpses for what this guy will be able to do. Now, granted, he's leading the team in strikeouts right now with over a hundred uh, but at the same time, he's got to get some more decisions. I mean, this man's gotten more no decisions than, you know, somebody who uh, is in a court of law for my t- liking. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the pitching is, is definitely, for me, something that has to step up as, as we go into the I'm gonna round. I'm going to push back. I'm going to just push back because I think we're on the upswing. But if you look at – if you just look at Team ERA, the, the, the Cubs uh, bullpen is second – in all of baseball, um, they have uh, uh, they have they're they're not among the leaders of blown saves. Their batting average is is actually among the, the uh, top five. Um, where they have struggled is walks, um, and and they're not striking out uh, the players like the others are. But but from you know giving up a lot of runs and blowing a lot of saves, um, that's not happening a lot. But I I think there's an upswing. I think you know did did Kimbrel get rushed back? Who knows? Um, but I I'm excited about what could be um, if we get that 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth squared away. All right, moving on. We go to the fourth inning, and the offense, as you mentioned, Chad, well, it's solid when you look at it on paper. But, again, uh, this team has struggled when it comes to situational hitting. And Joe Madden has admitted that. He even said uh, that if this team is going to focus on their at-bats, then the rest will fall into place. I mean, even he said that. We're not hitting the ball the way that we should be hitting it in times that needs to be done. Yes, there are times where this team breaks out and scores a bunch of runs in a game, but it matters most when they are scoring runs at the right time, not leaving players on base. And that is something that this team has been lacking in that situation. Um, So for me, uh, I really hope that they can focus on the situational hitting going into the second half of the year. Yeah, and and I just think you know, looking at the numbers and looking at 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 uh, just the historical data, I'm not getting so frustrated by what I'm seeing on the field because I think we have such tunnel vision watching watching our team. Baseball's changed, and there there is going to be historically high numbers of home runs this year, and there's also going to be historically low numbers of singles this year. The shift has drastically changed baseball, not just for the Cubs, but for every team in baseball. And I think if, if um, what we're seeing in our frustration is, is happening all around baseball, um, and, and I think uh, it, it has adjusted, and I think it's just not what we're used to seeing right now. Um, there are a lot of bright spots. We talked about that before. Uh, and I, I just, for me, the, the challenge I'd like to see kind of wrapped up is on one hand, you want to make sure that your players are well rested. You want to make sure that everybody um, uh, has an opportunity. So they're not overwhelmed like they were at the end of last year and everybody just ran out of gas, but I would like to see a little bit more consistency in the lineup. um, And I think we're going to start seeing that here in the second half. 13th ranked offense in the national league with runners in scoring position. They got to get that up. If they're going to be a team that's, that's going to be dangerous come postseason play. All right, so let's move on now to the fifth inning. And as we kind of touched on some of the things that were disappointed for me, uh, it was the pitching. What needs to happen for this pitching staff 
in order for you to feel a little more comfortable. Uh, it sounds like you're comfortable already, but what, what else needs to happen as we uh, look at the second half of the season? <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see uh, them get stretched out a little bit more. I'd like to see uh, more quality starts. Um, you know, I've got some really grave concerns, and we didn't have a chance to talk about this with Cole Hamels. Um, and I know that I am not a very good example of this. Um, I play ball three days a week, and I had an oblique strain issue that started in the weight room, and it changed everything. It sapped my power. It changed my ability to throw. I was in pain and wincing um, in every athletic move. I am worried that we're not going to get Cole Hamels back. I have a great concern about that, um, and that does leave us one short. We've had some guys come up, and we've had some, um, uh, um, you know, Adbert and others doing some spot starts. Um, but I, you know, I, right now I'm very comfortable with Q, with Hendricks, with Lester, um, and and you Darvish. Um, his walk rate is is down dramatically. Um, if these guys can start eating up innings uh, and, and the offense can do what they can do, um, I still have a lot of faith in this pitching staff. All right, so see, that's where you and I differ because this, this team, unfortunately for me, I'm not seeing the consistency that we were seeing. Even Kyle Hendricks, the guy who you knew going out there. Well, and John he's Lester, coming off the injured reserve. I mean – you know, Lester and, and Hendricks were both hurt. So is he right? Did he rush back? Did they rush him back? I don't know. Did well, then if, if that's the case, then they, they, they but if that's the case, they shouldn't be pitching right now as far as yeah. I'm concerned, because if they're if they're pitching, you're expecting those are the your, your guys, right? I mean, it's Hendricks. It's Lester. Those were the guys that if the Cubs were in a rut, if they weren't pitching well, you knew one of those guys would be able to come through and have a stretch where they were going to give you a solid six or seven or possibly eight innings to, to, to be well. I mean, for me, we already have an inconsistent pitcher in Hugh Darvish. We already have an inconsistent pitcher in Jose Quintana. To, to continue to have that day in and day out, for my money, that's a concern. Now, listen, hopefully this gets straightened out. And, and if you're talking about Cole Hamels, who's right now has the best ERA on the team, quite possibly overall has the best numbers uh, on the team as far as overall, you know, for the starting five. If, if you're concerned about, you know, the oblique strain that he's not going to get straightened out, that is a big concern. Yeah. And then, of course, the bullpen, as I mentioned, uh, got to see more consistency out of it. Because, listen, if push comes to shove in the postseason, I don't care if Craig Kimbrell's your closer. You can't get to Craig Kimbrell. It's not going to matter at all. Yeah, uh, who your closer is. What, what, I'll, what I'll say about Kyle Hendricks, and I would like to share this, it, it is a bit of a case of what have you done for me lately. And this was his first start back, um, you know, his second start back, the, the, the last uh, two against Pittsburgh and, and, and the White Sox. And, uh, and, and, and they weren't very strong. But, you know, if you go back um, before the injury, he was, he was as consistent as it gets. So the yeah. challenge now is, is can he maintain that or can he regain that form? Um, and can he be the professor? Because I think as he goes, uh, he has to be our staff. All right, so sixth inning now, and as we move forward, Theo Epstein has said that if the Cubs continue to play this way, there will be changes on this baseball team. Now, nobody really knew exactly what that meant, but, I mean, listen, people for a while were potentially talking about Joe Madden no longer being the manager. I am not in favor of that, just for the record. I have never been in favor. I want Joe Madden to manage this team, as far as I'm concerned, for the next 15 years, if that's a possibility. But with that being said, 
you know, I know that been, has been floated out there. I don't think Madden is in danger of losing his job. But again, what other changes can be made? In the past, the Cubs have been able to go out and get a player like, a, you know, Daniel Murphy, per se, or somebody that can fill the void at a certain position. Maybe that's another move that the Cubs make. At this point, though, who do they give up? That's also the bigger question. But second base is continuing to be a major issue. I'm trying to think of where else they are going to have to plug holes. Second base seems like the obvious place that they would need to go out and get somebody. And listen, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They have to go out and get another starter, especially if you're saying Cole Hamels is not going to be healthy. That could be a possibility as well. So those are the two areas that I think the Cubs may need to address if they quote unquote are going to make any changes in the second half of the season, what say you? Well, there's a, there's a couple pieces there to address one. I'll throw my, my prediction hat on and I'll just say this. If the Cubs do not make the postseason, Madden's gone. If the Cubs whimper in and out of the postseason again, I think Madden's gone. Um, if, if like wild card situation, something where they're not winning the division, where they, where they barely squeak in. Um, but otherwise, if they, if they can have some sort of deep run, I think he's, he's going to get an extension. Um, but who knows, who knows, who knows, um, you know, what that relationship is for me, the Cubs just made the biggest signing, the biggest, uh, acquisition of the year in all of baseball with, with Kimbrell. Um, and if he can get stretched out and, and, and can find his form and his consistency, um, that's going to help go a long way to shore up the, the bullpen and, and uh, give us kind of that lights out guy at the end of the year or the end of the end of the game. Um, in terms of offense, I, you know, with the cargo experiment uh, came and went. Um, I think you're, you know, I, I don't know. You know, bringing in Garcia, bringing him up, I think, was a nice little spark and, and, and put some people on notice that you're going to get less reps now. And this kid is earning his way in from, from the minors. Who's out there? Who could be had? Um, who are you going to give up? I don't know. You know, is, is, is Ian Happ a, a, a tradable piece? Is it somebody from the, uh, the, the Major League Ball Club? These are all great questions. I, I would just say what I like to see, and I, I alluded it to in, in a previous inning, consistency. Consistency in the lineup. Um, and and finding some semblance of just, um, you know, what you can count on and people understand their roles. It's time for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we are excited to have from the Fantasy Sports Network as well as the host of the podcast Swings and Mishes, you can find him on Twitter at Craig Mish. It is Craig Mish who covers a variety of topics, including Major League Baseball. Craig, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. How are you? It is uh, good to talk to you. I'm very good. But uh, the Cubs, well, they could probably be a lot better, Craig, as we can uh, dive in and talk a little Cubs baseball. Uh, just got waxed by the Pirates uh, the other night and the, the problems seem to just be mounting for this team as we head into the All-Star break. It seems like the All-Star break couldn't be coming at a better time. Um, when you look at this team, it just seems like now the starting pitching is starting to break down along with the bullpen. Uh, people are starting to call for Joe Madden's head, which I find to be ridiculous. But is it time, in your opinion, maybe that Joe Madden's era with the Cubs could potentially be coming to an end after this year? Yeah, I mean, they didn't extend him, so I think that that is a possibility. You very rarely have 
into his walk year with, without being extended, and that's where the Cubs are right now. So I would think that there is a chance of that happening. We'll just have to see how they finish up at the end of the year. I think it's too early to determine that for sure. But look, I mean, you know, the division is going to be very tough. Despite the Cardinals struggling, they're still in this thing. And then, of course, you have Milwaukee and and you have the Cubs right there, too. So I think it goes down to the end. Uh, I just think that at this point, the Cubs may want a new voice in there. Uh, maybe David Ross, someone else. I don't know. We'll just have to see at the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, of course, we were talking about the pitching. I mean, the bullpen, it just seems silly at this point. And I understand you can only throw in the guys that you have on their roster. But, I mean, it seems like, Craig, more and more that the Cubs are putting position players out there. I mean, Daniel Descalso is throwing an inning, gave up a home run last night to Pittsburgh. It just seems like that there is just not enough talent surrounding this team, at least from the – the pitching standpoint and the starting rotation when you have guys like Cole Hamels and John Lester, uh, who were the anchors of that team are getting older and unfortunately not staying healthy. Uh, as you know, as well as anybody, especially in today's baseball, if you don't have a solid bullpen, you're not going to get very far. And it just seems like aside from Craig Kimbrell, the Cubs bullpen is just falling apart. Yeah. Well, I don't think that anybody would have expected Carl Edwards jr. To have the year that he had and, and Brock, had struggled and Montgomery. I mean, but, but, you know, honestly, Ryan, I mean, that's just kind of part of baseball. Uh, Bullpens are going to be fluid from year to year. Sometimes you're going to have a good pen. Sometimes you're going to have a bad pen. The nationals went through the same thing in April and May. And it's a, it's a pretty easy fix. Once you get to the trade deadline, all you got to do is acquire a couple of extra arms. I have no doubt that that's probably what the Cubs will end up doing. They'll try and find a bridge to get to Kimbrel, uh, whether they use Kinsler or Ciszek over and over again, that remains to be seen. They both pitched in a lot of games. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that that's a huge concern for me with the Cubs. It's just a matter of now that they do have Kimbrel, making sure that he is right. Because as we saw last year with Greg Holland and some of the other pitchers who came back after that long layoff of not signing, they didn't perform very well. Yeah. We're talking with Craig Mish. You can find him on Twitter at Craig Mish. He's the host of Fan of the Fantasy Sports uh, Network as well. You can find him on his podcast, Swings and Mishes, which uh, you can also find on swingsandmishes.com. So uh, make sure to check him out there, talking all things baseball. Um, Craig, we look at the NL Central, and I know going into the year, people probably figured, you know, it was the Cubs, it was the Brewers, it was the Cardinals, and, and we are certainly seeing that right now. But is the NL Central uh, still, in your opinion, the best division in the National League? Or are you surprised maybe that uh, the, the teams are not as strong as maybe the other teams in, say, the NL West or the Braves in the NL East? Yeah, I thought the East would be the best. And, and I wasn't really sure about the Mets, but I certainly thought Philly and Washington would be much better than what they've shown this year. And they've struggled for sure. So, uh, I don't know that I would say that the Central is the best division because the Cardinals have some serious issues going on right now. And so while those two teams in Milwaukee and Chicago can definitely stack up against the teams in the East, I would think, um, you know, it just hasn't really worked out the way a lot of people thought. The Dodgers are, are running away with the NL West. The Rockies certainly can compete also. So the fun part about it is that a lot of the people who had predictions, including myself, are going to end up being wrong. And I think that this thing in the Central probably goes right down to the end. I would never discount the Cardinals because they had that crazy run last year, too. 
but having both Ozuna and Carpenter on the injured list now is not going to really help their chances, and they can't afford to go into August being 10 games out, that's for sure. Offensively right now, the Cubs seem to still have, um, you know, the, the talent and this team is never to be underestimated. I mean, you got, you know, a guy in uh, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, all going to be playing in the all-star game in Cleveland. And of course, South Florida native Anthony Rizzo, uh, one of the you know better hitters in baseball. But it does seem like to some degree, this team tends to lack in certain situations. I know second base is a big point of uh, an issue for a lot of Cub fans because it seems like Addison Russell has uh, been playing a, a lot of time at second base now that Daniel Descalso is not playing well ahead of David Bodie. Um, are you, people are trying to figure out, is it just more of seeing a guy like Addie Russell, who at one time was considered kind of the prize of the minor league systems to kind of get himself back in shape? Or do the Cubs need to focus on maybe going out, as you mentioned before, going out at the trade deadline and finding a guy kind of like what they did with Daniel Murphy last year, who can maybe pick up the slack at that second base position? Yeah, I think that they'll probably add another piece offensively is a guess. But honestly, Ryan, the Cubs have been pretty good offensively over the course of the whole season. They're third in the NL and on base percentage. So, um, you know, that's not anything to sniff at. They're tied for third in home runs, too. So if really second base is the only issue that they have, I think they're in pretty good shape. I think it really will come down to more of their pitching staff and being healthy there. So I really don't have a lot of concerns with their hitting, to be honest. Well, that's good. See, it's I'm glad you're saying that because it's, it seems like on Cubs Twitter, and I know you're very active on Twitter as well, you can see that uh, fans from everywhere, you know, they live and die with every game, and they're starting to sit there and go, what is going on with this team? And you mentioned Joe Madden before, how we were talking about the fact that maybe this is his last year. You know, it's interesting – People say there's a shelf life for people. And, and again, I love Joe Madden. As far as I'm concerned, I think he should still be the manager after this season. A, a guy who leads a team to a championship after 108 years should be able to manage as long as he wants. Um, but there are people that claim that maybe his message is not getting across the way that it was. And in today's modern baseball, I mean, is, is that really potentially what it can be where a manager's shelf life now is – good for about five years before teams and players start to say, you know what, we're ready for a new message. Yeah. I mean, look, there aren't a lot of managers that are current with their teams right now that have been around for a long time. You're just seeing very few of them. I mean, Terry Francona has been with the Indians for a number of years as they keep winning. And, uh, you know, you certainly, you look at other teams and Don Mattingly is one of the longest tenured managers and they haven't won anything under his tenure. So uh, look, I think Madden will have no problem finding a job very quickly. I don't think it's necessarily the message. I think it's maybe the message gets old where players just, it, it's, you know, wherever he goes, he always kind of injects something new into it. And certainly he did that when he took over the gig in Tampa, he did that won a world series with the Cubs. I would just say this, if the Cubs make a move, they better have some, Really interesting message because in terms of what Madden's been able to accomplish there, regardless of being ousted last year very early in the postseason, they're still going to be above 500 this year. They're still going to be a competitor with a chance to win the World Series. I think also it just depends what they do with the deadline. So 
the grass is always greener, Ryan, as they say. But believe me, Madden will be managing in the big leagues anywhere he wants next year. I have no doubt about that. And that's why it's upsetting to me because, listen, this is a guy who's going to get a statue one day. And to think that people now are already trying to jump off this bandwagon. You know, it's it, one one taste of winning a World Series in uh, 108 years and people all of a sudden are thinking that uh, it's owed to them after a while. So um, I get it. I totally get it. Craig Mish is our guest here on the seventh inning stretch of the Friendly Confines. You can find him on Twitter at Craig Mish. You can also listen to him on his podcast, Swings and Mishes. You can go to swingsandmishes.com as well. He is on the Fantasy Sports Network. Craig, thanks so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. We would love to have you back on the show uh, as the season progresses. Sure, Ryan. Thanks for having me so much. Appreciate it. You got it. Our thanks to Craig Mish, and once again, you can find Craig on Fantasy Sports Radio Monday through Fridays, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and on Twitter, at Craig Mish. Uh, always great to catch up with Craig with uh, all things going on in Major League Baseball. And, of course, you can find myself on Twitter, at Ryan D. Lieber, or Chad, at Cubs Confines, if you'd like to interact with us, as our uh, listeners tend to do from time to time. And if you want to find us on our Cubs Facebook page, look for the Chicago Cubs Friendly Confines uh, Facebook headquarters. Uh, Great fun community, uh, thousands of people over there. Uh, Great place uh, not only to um, get tickets to to Wrigley Field, uh, chat about uh, uh, game threads, what's going on in the previous game, what happened the night before. Really fun community. Uh, Make sure you join that. Let's move right to the eighth inning. And this this is a fun one. So, Ryan, you and I have had the discussions before about memorabilia and my I've got, I've been collecting. I'm, I'm on a different uh, uh, right now. I'm going after like old time uh, uh, Cubs programs. I'm trying to get one for every season, every year rather. And, oh, wow. but, but what, what I had done after 16 was I made it my goal to acquire a Cubs. Uh, I'm sorry, a 19, uh, 2016 um, world series baseball um, and have it signed by every single player who appeared in the World Series, um, and also everybody on the coaching staff. And I have that. I have that. It's a beauty. It's in a display. It's gorgeous. Um, it's worth so much more th- to me than to anybody else. But it's uh, it's it's my it's it was a passion project. But I now have two items that have just gone up for auction this week that I want more than anything. Um, Ryan, what would you pay? What would you bid um, for Anthony Rizzo and? Chris Bryant's Game Seven World Series gloves. So the the, the wow the the glove uh, that gloved the ball dribbled towards third base, and then the the glove that caught the ball from Chris Bryant that that wrapped up um, Game Seven in the tenth inning. What would you pay for those two items? Oh my! Now is this what I would pay, or this is what it's going for? I mean, so what? here's 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 a question yeah. I have for you: Would you actually use? the gloves chad would you want to use them you're quite the softball player would you ever want to say hey i just gotta say i'm using the glove that chris bryant used or anthony rizzo used in game seven of the world series would it be would it go on my hands absolutely would i wear would i probably wear one on my right and my left absolutely um because they're 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 both sides absolutely with it yes would it go into a storage unit actually no these these things these things would be under lock and key the minimum opening bid ryan are you ready for this give it to me two hundred and fifty thousand dollars 
So uh, how much uh, are you going to bid for that? You're going you're gonna to put in your bid, right? I, it's sad to say uh, <laughs> I, I, am not, I am not among one, you know. I, you know, it's really funny because I wonder, you know, remember Anthony Rizzo. So he gives Ricketts, he gives Tom Ricketts the, the famous ball that he put in his pocket when he won. I have been told and I've read that that might very well be the most expensive and most valuable baseball in baseball history, because the, the Cubs fan base is so big. Um, there's deep pockets. It has such symbolism. You got to think if, if, you know, with the, with the team friendly deal that he signed, if he had held on to that thing, he probably got to sold that thing for 5 million. Oh, easily. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, I've never been a memorabilia guy. I kind of collect things just for the sake of having them, but I've never yeah. actually gone out and been a big baseball card guy. I will say this. I, I don't know if I even told you this, which I'm shocked I haven't told you this, but uh, my my good friends who you know as well, Joe Gervin and Jason Albert, uh, for our wedding, for my wife, Allison, and I, um, they got me a signed picture of Anthony Rizzo when he uh, caught the last out of the World Series and when he jumped up in the air after the Cubs won game seven, mm-hmm. there is a picture that is framed on our wall in my house. And it says on the picture, Chad, to Allison, Ryan is a lucky guy. And it has the date of our wedding. And then it's signed by Anthony Rizzo. See, I like that. And, and you know what? I don't, I, I'm not a baseball card collector guy. I collect things that have personal connections and, being able to go to all seven games of the World Series, being able to go to all the postseason games of 2016, I want to have a memento of each of those moments. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like the personal stuff better. You're never going to find me along a fence, you know, yelling and, and barking at a player trying to get an autograph, something like that. That's not that's not as important to me. Uh, but let's go back to this for just a second. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for two gloves. I got to tell you. I think you're going to see that minimum bid met, and I think it's gonna. I think we're going to see close to seven figures. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, listen, I mean, there are certain people that uh, make slightly more money than you and I do uh, <laughs> that will be able to afford that without a problem, and and that is what they do with it. Um, they are probably multimillionaires, uh, and I am not in that category. You're close to that category, closer than <laughs> me at least. But I, uh, I unfortunately. We'll just have to watch and uh, and admire it from afar, uh, to say the least. But that is pretty impressive that uh, those gloves. And it just goes to show you, you can basically sell anything and get a lot of money for it if it's something that has value to the fan. So absolutely, yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to the 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 ninth inning, and it really is. You know, this is the All Star Break edition of the show. Um, we didn't really talk about the fact, you know, Willie's there, KB's there, Javi's there. You know, people will be listening to this either when the home run derby happens or once, once the actual game happens. You know, this is the time to, to recharge, refresh, retool. Ryan, it's also time for us to set expectations because we are more than halfway through the season. We have our report card. What are your expectations? Um, and what, what do you, how do you see this, this, this season? playing out here on out well you know right now this is playing out very similarly to how last year played out we're seeing a neck and neck race between the cubs and the brewers and and what's amazing is that the nl central is just beating each other up the reds 
a team that is plus 27, I believe, in the runs category, which which is very unheard of for a last place team that just goes to show you how how strong. um, See, and that's the thing I can't figure out if the NL Central is just really strong or there's just a lot of mediocrity in, in the division right now. But the Reds are playing better. The Pirates are playing better. The Cardinals are still just lingering around and the Brewers, you know, there's days where they seem to look really good. And then there's days when, you know, they just seem to lose at the exact same time the Cubs lose. Hence why the Cubs have their, the same record. Listen, I I would love to see the Cubs need to start winning on the road. We can see that they win games at Wrigley. They have, um, you know, one of the best home records in baseball. I have no problem about that, but this team needs to find a way to win on the road against the NL central, because that is going to be the bulk of their games in the second half. And they have not looked good against Cincinnati, which is a really big head scratcher. They have not looked good against Pittsburgh. They've looked so, so against the Brewers. And then for whatever reason, they dominate against the Cardinals, but the Cubs really have to pull it together. They got to get healthy and they got to get this team playing at a pace that we are used to seeing it. Now, Joe Madden says our best baseball hasn't been played yet. And I want to believe him. Obviously, Joe is always an optimistic guy and he's always going to say the right thing. So I give him, you know, credit on that. But, you know, as well as I do, Chad, you just said it earlier. If this team does not make the postseason or if this team loses in the first round, which right now, in my opinion, this team does not get past the division series. If they make the postseason as currently looking at it, as far as I'm concerned, then this is not a championship level team. I hope that changes. But right now, as presently stated, this team cannot beat the Atlanta Braves or the L.A. Dodgers or, for that matter, a team like the Washington Nationals or maybe the Brewers. I hope I'm, I, I am proven wrong in the second half of the year. I, I appreciate your fire, and all I have to say is it doesn't matter what this team looks like today, yesterday, or even when the All-Star break ends. It's, it's how are they performing, how many of their cylinders are, are firing at the same time. Um, how do they look and how healthy are they when when it matters? Um, and it's all about making the playoffs because you, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And so for me, what they need to do is, is get healthy, stay healthy, um, figure out a consistency within this lineup. And, and for all the big names that you expect, um, you know, Rizzo, uh, uh, Bryant, Baez, Contreras, uh, and let's put Hayward in there as well. Um, those guys uh, um, get to where they need to be and have this offense start um, with a bit more of an explosion, more that we saw after that seven and two start where they were actually uh, in the top tier of run differential and things like that. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this all-star break is here. I think everybody needs to um, take a bit of a break get their head head on straight and come back with a renewed sense of purpose. Listen, if this team can play like they did in 2017, after they were under 500 going into the all-star break and then they turned it on, that's what I'm hoping will happen with this team. I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, This team is slightly better than obviously the 2017 record. They are four games over 500 as currently going into the break, but that's what it's going to take for this team to, you know, start looking like the team that we hope they will be, uh, coming into the second half and hopefully for the postseason. And Ryan, Ryan, I want to share this, and I want to, I, you know, it's, it's. I know people probably out there they like to, they like to think on the negative. To, to, it's just more fun, or I guess it's more energizing to to be disappointed. I just want to remind every one of those Cubs fans out there 
the pessimistic because the, the optimists, uh, me, Joe Madden and the others, it's OK. We're, we're going to get this figured out right now since 2015. This is the greatest Cubs team of our lifetime, this run that we're on right now. And no, one World Series title is not enough. It's not acceptable. We want more. But this is from time to time. Sit back and enjoy it and realize that all those other teams have caught up and they're trying to win those championships, too. And if this team can somehow win this division this year, um, I think they have an opportunity to play the role of spoiler. Yep. Yes. All all fair of what you're saying. And again, I will just and just to reiterate, like you said, uh, again, this team is built to win championships and they want to win championships. And Theo Epstein expects championships. So I think when you're looking at a team like the Dodgers or the Braves and you're not seeing the Cubs kind of playing up to the potential that I know they are capable of playing of, I think that's where the frustration lays in. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. This is the well, best well, where would you want to be? I'll, just, I'll throw this out to you. Would you want to lose in the NLCS to the Dodgers um, and then and then the very next uh, uh, year uh, falter and, and lose the, the wild card? Or would you like to be the Dodgers and dominate throughout the entire season, both years, and make the World Series and lose? I mean, it, it, it you want to get to the World Series. That's obviously the prize. But just know that it's really hard for everything to fall into place. I understand that. But I think where, where people are frustrated is the fact you see a team like the Dodgers, who is extremely talented. But when, when their top players go down, a Justin Turner or a Clayton Kershaw, it's almost like the Dodgers – kind of resurrect themselves and reinvent themselves to continue to win games. And, and we don't see that from this ball club right now. We gave up a lot of pieces to win, win 2016. We gave up a whole lot of pieces and a whole lot of current all-stars on a lot of other teams. So that's one problem that we have to now go back and rebuild and get much more savvier with, with, with uh, what we acquire. But you're right. We don't have that who's up next mentality because yep. who's up next is playing for the White Sox and playing for the Yankees and, and playing for, for the Angels. And, yeah, so who's up next is not – um, not happening. Yet. Yes. And, and let me reiterate this. And we talked about this with Sarah Spain a couple of weeks ago, the fact that anybody that's out there and upset about LeMahieu and Chapman and Eloy and, you know, all these guys that we got rid of Tommy Listella and Gliber Torres, that they're all sad that we gave them away. People just remember, we would not have won the World Series in 2016 if we had not given up these players. you got to give up talent to sometimes look at the bigger prize. And I guarantee you, nobody, and I mean nobody, would look back and say, oh, I wish I, we had these guys if it meant giving up the 2016 crowd. I can understand Jimenez because that was after the 2016 World Series. But look. They had to make a move for a starting pitcher, and they got Quintana, who's still young, who still has an opportunity to succeed. Again, this is what they had to do. This yeah. is the situation. And we still have a lot of great players yep. and great players on this team to win a world championship. It's just 100%. a matter of putting it all together. 100%. Right, 100%. Hey, buddy, can I just say this right now? I have had – this is the first time – that we have maintained a weekly schedule. We kick things off in spring training. I've had an absolute blast, and I really appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you so much. It's a very interactive group. Please hit us up on Twitter. Please 
share this with your friends. Uh, make sure you give us a rating. Write us a review. This is so much fun. Ryan and I absolutely love bringing this show your way. And we are looking forward to working together with you guys, our viewers, on one hell of a second second half. Looking forward to the second half. Hopefully the Cubs can try to move that up into the division and uh, increase their lead and play like a better ball club and, and that we know they can be. So for Chad, I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the friendly confines. Enjoy the all-star break. We'll see you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley